Hello, social media family. Welcome to Hashtag Verse TV, week 146. My name is Aaron Mack, and I'm here with some good friends of mine who will introduce themselves, starting with Chrissy Marie. Hello, everyone. It's Chrissy Marie from Cleveland, Ohio, and I'm very glad to be here. And Corey the Cloud. Hey there, everybody. My name is Corey the Cloud, and I'm Helen from Norfolk, Virginia. I'm really happy to be here. All right, and let's get this show on the road. So, hashtag Verse TV, week 146. Our first topic is coming from CNN.com, and it comes from the article entitled, Transgender Swimmer Leah Thomas Wins 100-yard freestyle for the third title at Ivy Women's Championship, Ivy League School. And the topic is called Fair? Question mark. And it says, even CNN anchor Michael Smirkanish ended his segment on transgender rights in sports, acknowledging that he is a liberal and open-minded, but unsure how this debate will conclude. Transgender female swimmer Leah Thomas has had a significant increase in placement after switching to the female team. Aaron Mack is, yes, a cisgender man who would lose childhood arm wrestling matches to boys and girls alike and feels there are too many nuanced physical differences among humans for there to be one right or wrong answer in this debate. The question simply is, where do you, st <clears throat> where do you stand on the transgender athlete debate and why? I would like to comment on this. Um, something that I've really seen a lot of people talk about when it comes to comparisons between the um comparison between the two issues when it comes to um seeing transgender women play in all female sports and seeing like Tom like uh, Michael Phelps in his in his sport when it comes to swimming, his body is built in such a way that he's perfect for what he does. So why is there no one looking at him saying like why why are we letting him compete with everybody else? He has a biological advantage. This biological biological advantage issue that's where I have a problem with it because really these are the I feel like transgender people who come into play if you someone comes out as trans they go on T blockers or estrogen especially if it's a trans uh, trans woman and then she decides that she wants to play sports. There's a rigorous process already to be to see if you're even even physically fit enough to compete in those sports, let alone compete at a high level. So I don't think it's an issue for transgender women to be able to play with women because transgender women are women. If they're better than the other women there, then that's not our issue to uh, deal with. It should be on the other girls' trainers to get them up to par with the people that are going to be competing with them. I don't feel like it is, there's really an issue here. I feel like it's just more of a, I feel like a lot of that 
the questions come from a place of transphobia when it comes to people who um who are afraid of seeing trans women in women's sports. So that's what I have. I will step in and also say, as I was reading the article, I was like, it's almost as if the only way for transgender women to be accepted in sports is if they just constantly lose. Like, they they, they can't be winners. Like, if you're going to be a trans woman in sports, you have to... I'm laughing, but I, I'm laughing because it's ironic and sad. But you have to be a loser. Because if you win, it'll be like, the only reason you're winning is because you're actually a man. You know? And while I do, I am in the same boat as Michael Smirconish in that I'm not sure how this will end. And I, I always go back to myself as a child and the fact that when I was a kid, I would, I would lose arm wrestling matches to every and anyone, regardless of gender. I was, I was very open with that. And people would be like, you just lost to a girl. I'd be like, well, I, actually, as a kid, I'd be like, I guess you're right, you know. But th- th- that's how it would be. Although, mm, and part of me was going to say, well, you know, it was before puberty, and maybe that makes a difference. But I think even after puberty, I would still lose to everyone who I had arm wrestling matches with. Anyway, I don't believe that women are inherently weaker than men. I, I, I just don't. And, and it's, it's hard for me to buy that. And I think that part of it plays into, yes, Corey the Cloud, as you mentioned, people's discomfort with transgender in general. I think it also, I think male chauvinism also plays a role in this because male chauvinism is real and male chauvinism says women are weaker than men you know i don't know chrissy marie you're a cisgender uh cisgender heterosexual female how do you feel about this well um i i was an athlete in high school um and I, I practiced with the boys. So um, I, I was trained mostly with the boys playing basketball and running cross country. So um, I really don't have an opinion about it um, because I don't know what it's like to be a transgender person um, in competitive sports nonetheless. Um, it's just competitive sports. To me, I mean, it's swimming. Um, how do I feel about? I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit. <laughs> like, I, it's hard for me to have an opinion about something that uh, I can't even, I can't even relate to. I can only identify as a woman. So, but I'm also an athlete. So, um, that person competing against me would be pushing me to try to beat them. And that's just how I feel about that. 
Well, you know, there are plenty of cisgender women who are actually on, on both sides of the fence with it, you know, and, and it's it's interesting that, that you explain that you would just use it as an opportunity to challenge yourself to improve because yeah. you mentioned that you used to practice with the, the boys and the men, you know, so it's mm -hmm. like, uh, I don't know. But again, I, I'm with Michael Smirkanish. I, I, I don't know how this debate will end. Anyway. Yeah, well, one can could argue it, it's a, like a, whatever. This person was a born a man and has the strength of a man. They have a competitive edge over women because of their genetic makeup. But, you know, if they're if they're going through some type of um, change or that requires some type of therapy, I don't know the person personally. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. Um, would it be considered fair if that person, this person is now a woman? I mean, that's just, they changed their entire, you know, everything. Yeah. And they happen to be a, a competitive swimmer. So um, it's fair because they showed up and they played and they won. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Although, uh huh. I I also want to throw in that I remember this episode of South Park, and South Park is always on the the just right side of everything, in my opinion. And South Park, they they had a show with this man who liked to beat his wife or, or something. And she, in spite of the fact that she was strong and she was a wrestler, he, he was stronger than her and would beat her and became a wrestler after transitioning or starting the transition process just for the sake of being able to beat her horrendously in the, the ring. And the conclusion of the episode was it's a really tough thing, you know, and I I, I don't know. Are, are you about to say something, Corey the Cloud? It's just, that's painful. Like that just, you just dug up some like repressed stuff that I didn't know that South Park talked about. And it's just like, I wouldn't say they're on the right side of most issues, but they do take from both sides. And they'd be like, this is what y'all saying about each other. Since y'all don't want to listen, let's laugh about it right now. But um, yeah, it's very interesting that she, um, that Chrissy, that you brought up um, your perspective as a female, because I grew up with four sisters and all of them played basketball or soccer or what have you. And I played basketball, football and baseball. And so when it came to basketball practices, my dad was our coaches for what was our coach for a lot of the stuff. I mean, I used to have to play against my sisters and they would beat me every single time. I mean, they're faster than me. They're, they're quicker with their hands. They're, they're a lot smaller so they can get around me in different ways. Like there are a lot of advantages that I didn't have as a slow, big kid that they do. And it's not because like, oh, it's because you're a girl. Like, no, you're better than me. Like you're physically fit, first of all. Second of all, 
you've been do you've been practicing this every single day because you love it. Third of all, like I have no idea. I don't want to play basketball. Y'all want to play basketball. I'm just here to spend time with y'all. So it's I know my sisters like how they were come combat it because they had they were starting to get faced with it once they got into college. Not necessarily when they were little kids because when we were little kids. We all played together. We all played together. It didn't matter if you were a girl or a boy. You were playing upward sports together. You were playing um, uh, a lot of the um, the rec leagues were were unisex. They didn't really care. Like all the girls and boys were playing together at the same time. So it just mattered who was who was good that day. Whose three pointer was nice that day? Who could hit their layups? Who could um, who could do the right technique when they were told as a young kid? So it really didn't matter to us. But I feel like once we got older, we are like society started to open our eyes to gender, sexuality, and the dysphoria that some of us might actually go through, and that's when it became an issue. When really there should be none. So. All right now, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 and you talk about it becoming an issue. It, it does kind of just feel like it's one of the issues of the day that we're going to make a big deal of. And like I said, if uh, transgender women, and you don't hear as much about transgender men, which is interesting. You, you only hear about transgender women which also goes back to the fact that you don't hear people talking about, oh, well, you know, homosexuality is uh, effeminizing, sorry if that's the incorrect conjugation of the term, but homosexuality is making men more feminine. It's like, well, what about lesbians making women more masculine and doesn't it kind of even out the whole thing but pe people only see one side because they only want to argue from the side that they are uh, able to argue from anyway and what if it, everything were reversed what if this was a transgendered man computing in one mm -hmm. then what right Oh, it's the hormones they put him on. Oh, it's the hormones now. Yeah, but won't say that before. It's gonna be a blame somewhere. Yeah. Um, about something. Somebody's gonna point at something. You know, it's competitive sports. If you're, uh, if you're a transgendered woman, uh, that's who you are. Yeah. You know, um, period. That has to be accepted, uh, whether you accept it or not. It's just. You know, what can you do but accept that? You're yeah. a woman. And if they compete in sports, may the best athlete win. Exactly. Thank exactly. you. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. And now we will. I just had to share it. Okay, now for the next topic. Oh, and by the way, like I said, I'm timing our talks. And for the first part, you get a full minute, uh, two minutes, and then you get about a minute of follow-up. 
and back and forth. Hey, friend, how That's are you? That's my cousin Larry, y'all. Hey, cousin Larry. How are you? All right. And share screen. I'm proud of you. If you're waking up in your own bed right now, I'm proud of you. If it's your own shower that you're about to get into alone this morning, I'm proud of you. You made a decision last night. You didn't call who you could have called and didn't do what you could have did. I'm proud of you. If nobody's telling you, I'm telling you. Yes, Holy Spirit, I'll say it. Somebody said, well, looks like you got on the same shirt as you did last night. It's not about me. This is not about me. This is about you. I'm congratulating you. You don't know what I'm doing. That's the problem with people. They're too worried about other people's business. You don't know what you don't know what I did. Maybe I slipped it on to take the trash out real quick. I don't know. And you don't know. Don't worry about what I'm doing. I'm proud of you. Either you didn't make a call or didn't answer a call. You bored your own crab legs. You weren't up on counters for hours upon hours and crab and shrimp, lobster towel. Somebody needs to tell you. I'm proud of you. Stay strong. Keep fighting the good fight. You're doing well. Stay focused. Worry about yourself. Congratulations. That last bit made me hungry now. All right. Now. I, 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 <laughs> that I, I, made I, me hungry. Chris, Chris, you did not. He said crab legs. I said. Said what? Lobster. Shrimp, lobster. Uh-huh. Whose house I got to go to to get shrimp and lobster this time of year? Hold up. You got the All snow right. crabs. You got the snow crabs. I know that. I was, I was rolling <laughs> when I first saw that. <laughs> like, Maybe you cook your own crab legs. <laughs> no, Silly. we go to Nana's house. We go to we go to Mammy's house. We go to um Auntie Charlize. We go to Auntie Vanessa. We go to her house. Now, if you're gonna go want to find some real good, go to Auntie Pam. She made the cornbread on the side. Get a big junk of that with some honey butter. Y'all go ahead. Well, I'm hungry now. Jeez. Let me go oh, ahead and sit my butt down. Uh. So, three, two, one. Okay. And the timer is going. And I will say, as far as answering the questions, what did this make you think of? And what comes to mind when you hear this? And what's a story that relates to your personal life? What comes to mind when I hear this? One, I, I've been a fan of actually 2103 for years. And technically, he started with the gospel singing group 2103. And I have been following him ever since. And I love the fact that in his talk, he... He began to quote Money Long, who is this, the woman who sings the song Hours and Hours. And he was like on counters for hours upon hours. And it's like, that that's funny. And, and it makes you think about the song literally like, wow, she really did talk about being on counters for hours and hours. Anyway. <laughs> I could do this for hours. Anyway, that. 
And as far as how it personally connects to me, I will say in my new metro, I don't have a consistent hookup. Back when I used to live in uh, Baltimore, I had a, uh, a being Mary Jane that, that I call them because Mary Jane, if anybody is familiar with the show, she is a working professional woman who had, until she started messing with the one uh, who she ultimately married, but um, she had a, a guy on the side that she would mess with whenever she needed her physical needs met. And that's why I would call the guy in Baltimore uh, being Mary Jane, because he was that. And in the interim, until I find the man who's gonna marry me. And anyway, but yeah, th that that's my whole thing on it. Who's next? I'm done. Chrissy Marie, Corey the Cloud. Um, Chris, you wanna go? You wanna take this one? You no. All right. Um. It just made me think about my single days and how I just needed somebody to like really encourage me because it's hard being single, especially when you feel like you have a lot to offer. Like I just I have the luxury of having an amazing partner now. Um, things kind of fell in the way they they did off random, and I'm happy to say like I feel like I found my person. I found the person I want to spend my life with, and it's weird to say that out loud. Like after such a little amount of time, but I've experienced a lot of toxicity in my life. Mm -hmm. And this is the first time I haven't experienced that from a, per a person. And I'm like, I got to lock this down before it runs off. I, I got to do that. Yes. But, um, I remember waking up Valentine's Day and just like really spoiling him and really being oh. thankful for him and just showing him how much I care about him because I know that Time is fleeting, and it could be a drop of the hat where he decides to leave me. But while he's here with me, I want to um, I want to show him that I want I'm gonna do this for hours and hours. Yeah, hours and hours, and hours. Countertops and crab legs. <laughs> anyway, let me stop. But you know, it, it, it's so cool that you mentioned that, and then it'll be Chrissy. There's, there's some type of legs on the counter now. Okay. Yes. You know, uh, one of my friends, who's actually a Gen Xer, was talking about how at his job, a lot of you Gen Zers, because you're Gen Z, and a, a, a lot of them are, are married and stuff. And how back in the day, you know, gay marriage wasn't as much so his generation and some of the millennials didn't get to do that as much. But like Gen Z is just knocking them out and, and right on. You, you better. I, I hear you. Now, Chrissy Marie. I don't know. I think I might be a little bit. Um, maybe I missed, kind of missed the message a little bit. I kind of, I kind of get it, but uh, because I'm, I'm single, <laughs> and uh, uh, 
I don't know. I'm kind of like off and on with the with the even deciding to date. Um, I'm scared, <laughs> but I get it. I'm proud of you. If you uh, wake up in your own bed and whatever, uh, I get that. Um, Cause you know, I don't know. I just really think it's important to protect your space and your peace, your peace of mind. Uh, when it comes to dealing with certain things, um, I mean, and as a single woman, of course, uh, I think about having needs met and everything like that. And, uh, and I will, <laughs> if that's what I want. But um, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm going home. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not trying to stay nowhere <laughs> uh, unless I am married. And uh, I'm, yeah. I'm divorced, so um, I, I don't know if I miss miss the mark here with uh, answering that question, but um, that's kind of what I, I took from the video. And, and, and that's beautiful. That's the whole point, and that's the whole purpose of this series in my mind, because mm -hmm. it's what did you get mm -hmm. from it? And I, I, I agree with you on that as well. I also am currently, currently, currently single, you know, and I, I come home and turn the key this on the uh, muffin there anyway. But yeah, you know, I'm just saying, all right. Anyway, so did anybody have anything else to say before we go on to the next piece? Like what Chrissy said about like knowing where you're coming home to, like one thing that my partner says because like we have an open situation, which affords me the ability to like explore and do what I do, and um, not really be so entrapped in the confines of like a traditional monogamy. But I also am able to like say that he he always looks at me and says, "Know where you hang your boots up," and that goes for anything in life. Know where you don't go out and thinking that you belong to somebody else or that. You don't have anybody who's looking out for you. Know where you have your, know where your your coat gets hung up at night. Know where your boots are going at. Know that you have a place at home to come home to. Don't throw that away because you want to go out and explore. And I, I feel like that's what really like keeps us together. Like that idea of just knowing that we have each other. So. That is uh, I'm sorry. Did, did I cut you off with my that is beautiful? Mm -mm. Okay. Oh, I can hear. Yes. Know where your boots are hanging up. I, I like that. I, I, I do. All right. Hello. My name is, insert any strong black name here. And this Black History Month, I want to call attention to an important topic in our very own United States of America. Like many Americans during the month of February, I find myself thinking, wow, there are really only five black people ever in history to do anything. Thank you, public school. So I thought to myself, Martin Luther King Jr., OJ Simpson's glove, why not? insert any strong black name here. And that is why I'm announcing that I will be running to be recognized as the sixth black person ever mentioned during Black History Month. So please join our literally name more than five black people in all of American history for Black History Month campaign at literally name more than five black people in all of American history for blackhistorymonth.com. My name is insert any strong black name here and I approve this message. 
Check out my full campaign video on the Morning Brew YouTube page and make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy Black History Month. Okay, so as for this section, what it made me think of, it made me think of the fact that I, I, I noticed that she called out public schools and the first half of my childhood schooling was in a private school. The second half of my childhood schooling was in a public school, but you know, I, I, I think we can benefit to know more names. And what I've done here is I have made some notes on some names that I think are in Black modern day history that are substantial and names of people who would be worthwhile. How does it connect to my life? This is how. So one, I say David Banner, should, should be is going down in history. You know, it's because of him actually get that I got my first passport. And I'll also name D. Ray McKesson, who is an openly homosexual man fighting with Black Lives Matter. And Cory Booker, Taraji P. Henson, Bashir Jones, Oprah Winfrey, and even one of my exes is exes and friends now is a strong fighter for the black liberation movement and i i i feel that these people are worthy of getting flowers and acknowledgments now and going down in history and adding to more than the six the five that um she referenced. Uh, by the way, I love her and I love the Morning Brew. Um, we actually used the Morning Brew video before for the uh, the Metaverse conversation. That was also the Morning Brew. The Morning Brew is amazing and on point with so much. I'm done. Um, I thought that the video just made me think a lot about um, my, I also had a lot of my education come out from private school and it wasn't until maybe like sophomore year of, of high school that I really started digging deeper. And part of that was because I had a love for like the Harlem Renaissance movement and like jazz growing up. So I was always interested in like Duke, the Duke Ellingtons. I was always interested in the Ella Fitzgeralds. I was interested in these people innately. So I wanted to know where they where they really started to show prominence. And then there was this wealth of information that was thrust upon me when I finally um, met my first uh, Black teacher in a private school. Like, boggles the mind that Mr. Brown would be the one that taught me everything that I know about, like, like African-American history. And so um, it also, like, spoke to, like, the struggle it was to, like, explain to people why um, being being involved civically was so important to me growing up. It um, it also um, called back to like when I was a kid uh, dealing with like dealing with a lot of like racist friends 
in early early on when I was in elementary school and middle school, but starting to realize like parents wouldn't let me ha- come over. And it's like these and none of their none of their um their children would know anything about Black history. They wouldn't know nothing if it weren't for me being in their lives because they wouldn't know a black person. So, I and that's what it made me think about. Chrissy Marie. Um, I agree with what both of you said. Um, yeah, and public school is tailored only to point out a certain few uh, in black history that um, kind of, I don't know, I think they just kind of just try to, uh, I, I really think that public school should have a black history course and it should be, um, I don't know, um, I don't know if there will be an option for it to be a requirement or some type of elective or something um, for people, for students to learn more about um, black culture and in the history Um, um, besides the, you know, the main five people that's always mentioned um, as the young lady in the video stated, like, and uh, Corey, I, I uh, do agree especially a lot of uh, musicians um, like uh, Nina Simone, she was an activist, you know, she was um, a very strong black voice. And, um, you know, I think schools should teach about her. Um, Just like he said too, Aaron, like people like Bashir Jones, there's another local activist here in Cleveland, Ohio, Bill um, Silverby Richards. pretty sure unless your mom took you or your parents took you to a black caucus meeting like mine did when I was a child, um, you wouldn't know who even uh, a lot of the, the, the people in your own community are a part of history for your own hometown. So um, um, I, I found it kind of uh kind of funny but sad um, because it's because uh, she was absolutely right you know I know that it was like was supposed to be kind of funny but it's it, it to me it's just not because um, there's a lot of people who um, attribute to um, to black culture and the history of um, of change in black culture change in black America. And that's my answer. All right. Chrissy, I want to offer some encouragement. There's a movement in a lot of like the a lot of HBCUs to offer African American experience as a required course. I know when I was at Lincoln University, which is the first HBCU in America, like bar nine, um, that was a part of our curriculum. We had to take that class to be able to pass any of our other ones. So mm-hmm. there is there is pressure on like a lot of the school systems to include that, but it's starting with us. And I feel like it needed to start that way for it to be any sort of change anyways. So um, just, just be encouraged by that. Yeah, even uh, I was a student at Cleveland State University and uh, Dr. Williams was uh, um, the head of the uh, Black Culture Center. And uh, I would sit and talk with him 
for um, at length and just listen to, you know, um, all the knowledge that he had and the things that um, that he had to say as far as, as um, even uh, people who have influence in, in academia, um, as far as like the, you know, the black culture is concerned. So um, I'm really glad to hear you say that, that it's a requirement. It should be a requirement across the board. You know, it should be a requirement um, definitely in high school, you know, because uh, these students are being prepared to go out into the world and need to know, um, you know, why they have the advantages they have. And it's like, not always because of somebody who looks like them. It really so. come, boils down to CRT and with how the conservative party is right now, mm -hmm. um, in America, they're fighting tooth and nail to block out any chance of people realizing that, yes, racism exists, and yes, racism played a part in the reason why black people are struggling the way they are struggling. And yes, the racism came from white people. That's just how it is. But it boils down to the fact that they don't, they don't teach it in high school. They don't teach it in elementary school. They don't teach yeah. it in middle school. It isn't until you come to college that you start really unpacking right. this stuff unless you are a black person. And even then, are you really going to expect somebody who is not affected by this stuff to care? No, they, they usually don't. No, they don't. You agree? You like it? <clears throat> He's been good, so I've been giving him treats. I, I, I will say this, and thank you all for staying on through my moment that I've had. But, um, you know, one thing, and, and I always have to throw my church out there, uh, coming in sort of in the, the middle, I, I guess, of what you all were saying, as far as outside people caring. One thing that I love about my church, Oakland's Presbyterian Church in Laurel, well, based in Laurel, Maryland, but I attend via Zoom. Uh, one of the positive aspects of the pandemic and my church is actually unlike many churches. I, I think they said 90% of churches are 80% one race only. My church is actually very diverse, you know, bragging, but um, my church is actually very diverse. And in my church group of people, it, uh, I see that there are people outside of different groups that care about other groups like acknowledge that no I, I'm not in this group but I understand the fact that there's a struggle there and th that's always substantial to me that means a lot to me so all of that to say those people do exist do they exist in huge numbers absolutely not because if they existed in huge numbers 
we wouldn't be in the place where we are today. And the woman who made that video wouldn't have had a video to make. Anyway, that, that's my last couple of cents on it. Anybody else before we go on to the next topic, the last topic of the In My Mind segment. Hashtag Verse TV. Chrissy Marie from Cleveland, Ohio. I'm Aaron Mack. My name is Corey the Cloud. Hashtag Verse TV. Week 146.